I'm your host, Tom Tormey, and my next guest is a professional wrestler turned accomplished actor, writer, and producer who has appeared in over 50 films such as X-Men, Troy, and Rob Zombie's Halloween films. He's currently launching The Last Spartan, Red Tape, an original graphic novel that delves deep into the dark world of human trafficking. It is my honor to welcome the one and only Tyler Maine to the Cosmic Comic Nation. Tyler, thank you very much for joining us. Hey, man, thanks for having me on. I, I really appreciate it. I, as I've mentioned, I've been a fan for a long time. Uh, everything, I, everything from X-Men, Troy, my gosh, I can't, I, there's not a night, if Troy is on at any given point, I got to watch it. You were phenomenal, there's Ajax in it. And uh, as a horror fan, Michael Myers, you were astounding as Michael Myers. So you did, you did the role. And I, I, I think right, right now you're the last person to play the role. And uh, we'll see what no, happens. No, there, there are three three new ones. There, There's like uh, Halloween kills and ends and stuff. But Oh, my gosh. Yes, yes. Yeah. But it, but I'm the best one, so it's okay. Of no, course. You know I'm what? Yeah, when when <laughs> I kidding. said you're the last one, I meant you're the greatest one. Uh, <laughs> no, it's, but it, I, I, it, it's such a great franchise. There are so many different actors that have played the part. It's amazing. I mean, you can have... Uh, so many different versions of the Halloween with the Halloween character of Michael Myers. It's amazing. And I'm just, I'm just honored and, and so lucky to be a part of it. Well, I, I and you, you absolutely nailed it as Michael Myers. Uh, the, the Rob Zombie ones really stick out for just how they delved into the Michael Myers as a child and uh, the mystic nature of everything. Uh, it really did a remarkable job with the franchise. I'd love to see it continue down that road one day again. Yeah, well, like, that's how Rob uh, explained it to me. You know, he was going to show how uh, the ba- he was going to show the backstory of Michael Myers and how he became a product of his environment mm-hmm. and turn him into a three dimensional character that people can relate to and that people can, uh, you know, understand more. Right. You know that, w- and and that's what drew me to the roles. I could see that. I, I could see that. I, but I, I'd be honest with you, I, I, I'm an old school wrestling fan. Yeah. And I'd be, I'd be remiss if I didn't take this opportunity to ask you about your time in WCW, which I believe you're in WCW 89 to 93 on or about. Yeah, and, I was I was I was in there on and off. I originally went in as woman's bodyguard uh, right. with Doom and then uh, came back and was uh, teamed with Kevin. Kevin Nash for a little bit. And then I uh, ended up wrestling all over the world, wrestling oh, Germany, Japan, Austria, England, Yugoslavia. You know, I was one of the last people, if not the last people to work with Andre the Giant before he passed away in 93 in Tokyo, in the in the uh, Tokyo Dome. Oh, what, wow. What an honor. That's unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, you, so you, you had, you, you've had the honor of working with people like Andre the Giant, Kevin Nash as a tag team partner. You had a probably, I, I, I was in my research, I came across Big Sky. I, that's how I remembered yep. your character. Yep. But I, 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 it seems like there were a few other names throughout there. Uh, Sky Walker. Sky Walker, uh, Sky High Lee. Uh, you know, it depends. You go to a different territory, they, you know, put a different moniker on you. So it's like, I've been called the Mighty Yankee. I don't know why, because I'm from Canada, but it's, you know. Ball hard north. Exactly. Right. 
Uh, it, it, are there any particular memories that stand out from your time as a professional wrestler that you, you reflect fondly on? Oh, man, like working with Davey Boy Smith was yeah. a pleasure. Working with um, Steve Dr. Death Williams in Japan, I mean, it was wow. just such an honor, you know? Uh, I mean, he 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 goes, is it okay if I press slam you? I go, I was 348 pounds at the time. And he goes, I, I go, do you think you're going to get me up? He goes, oh, I'll, I'll get you up. And he pressed me and he pressed me 10 times. Oh my gosh. And then he was a monster. So nicely. I was like, and he's thank you, brother. And it was just amazing. Yeah. I've I've had the honor of working with some of the top, top people, you know, Flair, Sting, uh, mm. all of them, you know, Andre, Steve. It, it it's just uh you know, and it all, it all, I got my whole start by watching Stampede Wrestling. I don't know if you're familiar with the heart. Sure, sure. Southern promotion. Yeah, oh, wait, no. no, Stampede is Canadian. Stampede it's Calgary. Two hearts. Yeah, in Calgary. Right, right, right. And uh, I watched that as a kid, you know, and I was like, I'm going to do that someday. And everybody's like, yeah, right. So I got in my Jeep and I drove to Calgary from Saskatoon and and Stu took me in the dungeon and stretched me and I went back the next day and the next day and the next day and then, uh, you know, here we are. And and I ended up training with uh, Red Bastine and Mondo Guerrero for the famous Guerrero family in, in Los Angeles and, and uh, ended up doing it for 11 and a half years. Oh my gosh. I, I, for, I can't believe you went back after the first day. Uh, legendarily being stretched in the, the dungeon of the heart basement. Uh, but, uh, and you survived. Yeah, unbelievable. Yeah, nope. I was sore that, I was sore that week. I'm not going to lie, but it was like, what else am I going to do? You know, tall, skinny kid glasses, braces that was slightly dyslexic. It's like, I had to prove myself, you know? So I started working out and away I went and, and I wasn't going to, yeah, wasn't gonna let Stu stop me. <laughs> six, six, nine, over three hundred pounds. Eventually, in the wrestling world, not yeah. You know, I mean, three forty-eight at the heaviest. Yeah, that's that. That is that is the the dream of what uh, when Vince thinks of wrestlers, that's what he thinks of. So it's. A, did you ever consider making your way to? I know you've hit a lot of promotions internationally. Was there ever anything on the table for heading north or I guess south from? Uh, Saskatoon, but uh, any any uh, talk of ever going to WWF or you know, WWE like now? Was, yeah, when I was doing when I was doing the WCW and I was wrestling, I got uh, my my acting career started in um, Mexico. I ended up getting to do one of those uh, Mexican wrestling movies, and I was like, "Wow, this is a lot better than getting dropped on my head," you know. <laughs> and uh, so I. I knew I was going to transition then. So I transitioned out of the wrestling. And then when, of course, when I did X-Men, I just hung up my wrestling boots and, and I was like, I'm moving on to the acting right. and producing. And, and here we are today. So now is there any truth? I know this rumor I, I has been circulating for a while, uh, but your, you and your former tag team partner, Kevin, Kevin Nash were up for that role of Sabretooth in the 2000 X-Men movie. Yeah, yeah, they were they were looking at Kevin originally. I don't know what happened, you know. Um, maybe he was a little out of shape. No, I, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but uh, you know, luckily, and they were talking to me originally about doing the stunts for it, 
Mm-hmm. And, you know, the uh, stunt coordinator goes, you know, how are you with 140 foot uh, decelerator falls? I'm like, um, uh, <laughs> right. I, I, I'd never done it because I wasn't mm-hmm. really a stunt man. You know, I'd just done the, the uh, wrestling. And uh, then he decided to show my picture to Brian Singer. And Brian was like, I've got to see this guy as Sabretooth because I guess we're having a tough time finding the person. And uh, I walked in there, met Brian, and and the rest is history. That's pretty cool. Did, did, yeah. did any of the uh, skills that you learned as a professional wrestler translate well to the world of acting, in particular with stunt-heavy films as X-Men was? Yeah, totally. You know, it was a great stepping stone for my uh, acting career because you're trained to take care of the other person as a wrestler, you know, and with the acting, you even have more distance, like for throwing punches and things like that. And, but the transition was so easy for me, you know, because the first thing I tell an actor or tell even another stuntman is like, man, I'm not going to hurt you. I haven't hurt anybody yet. Not going to do it now, you know? And um, so, yeah, it was a great transition. And through that, uh, you know, I did all my own stuff in Troy. I did all my own stuff in uh, most of the Halloweens, except for the fall off the building and and one other thing. I did uh, all the other stuff. And um, so, yeah, it's uh, it's definitely helped my career. Yeah. Right. Uh, and that is remarkable. Uh, I, I know... It's been 23 years since the release of the X-Men movie, and we now have Hugh Jackman returning to the role of Wolverine. Uh, has there ever been any talk of some kind of multiversal way of getting you back into the franchise as well? Oh, I'm telling you, from your lips to God's ears, please. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I would love to. I would love to. I, I, I assume... Uh, have you have you remained in contact with any of the cast uh, of of the film? Uh, every once in a while, I'll run into people and I'll see them down the road. Right. But with the project that I'm doing now, the Last Part in Red Tape, I reached out to uh, Tom DeSanto and David Hayter, who were both. Tom was a producer on it, and David was a writer on on the original X Men, and talked to them for some advice. And here right. we are today doing the graphic novel too. And the uh, the last Spartan Red Tape, and we're going to talk about that because I, I, I as I mentioned before, we started uh, getting into the real meat of the show. That I, I do absolutely love proper social commentary reflected in comics, reflected in graphic novels, movies. I mean, X Men is so great because you could watch that at so many levels. You could watch it as, uh, uh, especially in the way Brian Singer developed the film. You could see so many different aspects of it that reflect the culture. And when you have a graphic novel like The Last Spartan Red Tape, where you're delving into human trafficking, it is amazing to see how social commentary, but yet it can be done well. It can be done well where the audience doesn't exactly feel like they're being preached to. Uh, right. They could uh, uh, learn a lot because, again, uh, human trafficking, as we, we were talking about, is an issue that is affecting millions of people across the globe, probably more now than at any point in human history, definitely more now than at any point in human history, yet people are largely unaware that these things are happening all around them. You'd be walking in a grocery store and not realize that the person in front of you 
is part of it. It's part of the human trafficking syndicate that is going global. Um, yeah. But b- before we get too deep into that, because I really do want to talk a lot about that. And, and as we talked about a few minutes ago, you are quite an imposing man. You're 6'9". Uh, I, I don't, I don't I'll well, dare to guess at the weight, but I'll say around 300. And you are known for playing extremely intimidating characters from Ajax and Troy to Michael Myers. Uh, is there something that people would be surprised to learn about you that would reveal the softer side of Tyler May? Yeah, I mean, all you'd have to do is talk to some of my cast members, like uh, Scout Taylor Compton. She she calls me a big teddy bear, you know? And I guess as a kid growing up in Saskatchewan with dyslexia and, and all those problems, I was very an introvert and then i realized that i had to change that so through comic books it helped me open my eyes to see to see the world you know and it actually helped teach me how to read because i would get the comic books and i'd try and work through them and i'd get frustrated with the words but i could see the art and i could tell my own story and that helped make me a visual person and helped me transition to where I am today, where mm-hmm. I learned how to get through it. Because let's face it, back in the day in Canada, uh, dyslexia wasn't really a thing. You know, I was, me and one other kid were put into special reading classes and teased and made fun of. Mm. But, you know, so and that's how I can relate to the X-Men too, because the mutants are outcasts. And right. That's the same with Michael Myers or any of the characters that I've pretty much played. And I do applaud you because the, uh, I'm definitely going to be sharing this bit of information for a lot, my, a lot, of, a lot of my colleagues because I do uh, celebrate the comic book art form as a way to reach children in a way that despite my sincerest efforts, I can't do. And a lot of these comic books can speak to experiences, can speak to uh situations that young people or or even older people really can uh find themselves in can find a bit of reflection in themselves in the book uh now i i know for example when it comes to uh the last spartan red tape we have a main character that really is both grizzled and hardened but yet has that sympathetic heart uh yeah that you have an anti-hero protagonist but yet someone who cares quite a bit. In this particular case, we're talking about the issue of human trafficking, as we said a few minutes ago. Uh, And human trafficking, despite what people may know about it, is, uh, I think it's a a billion-dollar syndicate. It's a billion-dollar market around the globe. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And we're we're talking about millions upon millions of people uh, trapped in this world. And, And I know you have a lot of amazing talent Christopher Priest working on the book. Uh, I know you, uh, and I, I'm wondering how you both settled on adapting the last Spartan books into graphic novel and also the topic itself of human trafficking. Yeah, you know, like we, Renee, Renee and I, Renee's my wife, uh, Renee Gearling, she was the editor in chief of Top Cow Comic Books. She'd been at many different other comic book companies. And 
she is how we got to uh, bring all these people to the table, you know, to find Christopher Priest. I knew I wanted to 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 talk to Christopher Priest. And um, I said, honey, we need to, I, I would like to try and talk to Christopher Priest. And she goes, well, let me make a few phone calls. And she called Jim McLaughlin and he said, she said, I'm trying to get a hold of Christopher Priest. She, he goes, I, I represent him. And so that connection was made. And then we were sitting down with Christopher and we explained the story, how we wanted to take this novel, turn it into a bigger world, make it more modern, make it have, have the world be bigger. So there's more characters. And we just did a lot of brainstorming and I present him with ideas through my research. And he'd be like, Oh, that would never happen. That could never happen. And I'm sure enough, I'd have two, three articles and he's like, wow. Right. You know, I've got to put that in the book. And, and that happened through several different times and meetings. And, and we spent two, two and a half years discussing yeah. it, writing the, the, the property, you know? And so through that, I was able to learn so much about this human trafficking. And I realized there's something that I have to do to give back. And that's why one of our tiers in our um, Kickstarter is coffee and comics. I've teamed up with deliverfund.org. They have their own coffee. So you'd get 12 ounces of their coffee plus the graphic novel. So you start your day with a great cup of coffee and a great read, you know, and, and those proceeds go to deliver fund to help them put an end to human trafficking. And what they do is they help law enforcement create the tools that they need to identify the predators, to uh, notify everybody that they are predators and to put them away. So, and, and, and is the goal of the book, uh, well, I, I guess in, on a broader scope, is, is that the goal of the book to bring about awareness to what is going on when you, when, when people yes. are reading the last Barton red tape and if they are entering into these, any of the Kickstarter tiers, which are uh, phenomenal by the way. And I think really accessible and, uh, you're definitely getting a bang for your buck with that. Is is uh, is that the goal to bring about awareness? Uh, ultimately, what would you like people to walk away with as they're reading the book? Yeah, I just want you know, like you say, raise awareness because mm -hmm. it is a topic that most people ignore or you know, out of sight, out of mind, right. and uh, until it affects them. And I really hope it never does because it is a despicable crime um but yes to raise the awareness to possibly even give parents a tool and be able to sit down with their kids and say yes this can happen you need to be aware of it right because it is happening and with the internet with all of that it is such a dangerous place you know it can it can mm -hmm. be a great place but it can also be a dangerous place in the wrong hands and if this helps parents have that communication with their child, I'm all about that. If you could give one bit of advice to any parents who are watching uh, in regards to efforts to protect their children online, uh, what would it be? It would be just be vigilant about who your children are talking to. Because in these chat rooms, in these... Uh, on, on these different sites, a lot of kids are having conversations with people that they think are 
of their equal age and it says, hey, let's meet up. And it's not that situation at all. Uh -huh. And then that's how a lot of the problems happen. So just be vigilant about what your kids are, who your kids are talking to, what they're looking at and protect them. We got to protect the vulnerable. Absolutely. Have you found, uh, I, I know you've been hitting a lot of uh, comic cons. You know, you've been hitting a lot of conventions. And as you are talking about the last Spartan red tape, as you are uh, getting the information out there, how has the reception been amongst the people who you've spoken to? The reception has been phenomenal. I mean, I'm either meeting professionals in the industry that are in the, the law enforcement or on the nursing side or the psychological side, helping right. them with the recovery. But the law enforcement side is, oh man, thank you. This mm -hmm. has to get out. You know, people have to become aware of this because with talking with the professionals, if someone is gone for 72 hours, it's really hard to get them back psychologically after that because they've been brainwashed and, and things are happening to them that they can never erase right. from their memories. The best can be is to find, you know, post-traumatic mm -hmm. uh, support. But yeah. then also talking to people, they're like, thank you for raising awareness. I've got kids. I want to, you know, I support you. And then I'll also hear stories um, like a gentleman's niece just about was trafficked. Uh, mm. She was in a club and she was drugged somehow. And they were taking her out the back door. Luckily, a bouncer realized it, stopped the one guy and the other guy ran away. But through backtracking by the law enforcement, they found three other women drugged and chained in a hotel. And she was going to be the fourth. You know, so this gentleman said, thank you for bringing this awareness to people because it just about happened to us. You oh, know? my God. And so but, you hear something, yeah. you hear a heart wrenching story like that. And you're like, wow, I, I'm, I'm on the right path. I've right. got to keep doing what I'm doing. You know, I, I think it's a genius idea through the last Barton Red Tape to bring about awareness of what's going on. But also, like you said, another aspect that people don't really think about too much is what happens after. Preventative measures are amazing. And uh, we could put up a lot of walls and protect ourselves and take a lot of precautions. But unfortunately, uh, sometimes the, the evil sneaks through the cracks and we are able to find and save those people who are taken. But that recovery, like you said, in terms of not only the physical, but the psychological aspect of it. It really is uh, akin to, uh, I would imagine, I'm not a psychologist myself, but PTSD. Uh, totally. Does the book delve into that as well? Not just preventative, but also the recovery aspect? Um, this first one is presenting that story of stopping it on the front right. lines. You know, next, I'm hoping to get into stuff like that. But for right now, is dealing with that main interaction that we've got to stop and oh. but like talking to so many psychologists and and people that work in that industry it is a very 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 hard thing for these people to come back from and it's mm -hmm. 
it's, it's definitely a life altering situation that is with them for the rest of their lives, you know, and it's in, in America, people think, oh, it's people brought across the border. That's a myth. It's, mm-hmm. it is 80% of the trafficking in America is done by Americans to Americans, whether it be a family member, whether it be uh, someone that has taken someone, you know, it is happening in all our cities across America and in our backyard, so to speak. I think a lot of that speaks to our mentality that it, it won't happen to me. It's happening somewhere right. else, some developing nation that they can't find on a map. And a lot of people are blind to the idea that this kind of thing is happening in our backyard. Yes. And we need to be very much aware of it. And like you mentioned, take preventative measures to protect people that we love or help people that we've never met before. But uh, it's so it, it's a noble thing that you're, you're, you, Christopher Priest, your wife, are putting together this great book, The Last Spartan, Red Tape. Where can we find more information about the book itself or purchase it? You can go to uh, kickstarter.com and type in The Last Spartan Red Tape. You can go to any of my social medias, The Real Tyler Main, Instagram, Facebook. We have the links there. Please check it out. Click the links and you will see the whole description of the book. You'll see all the tiers and you'll see the artwork. It's a 144-page graphic novel that is drawn by Will Conrad, Michael Montanat, Jimbo Salgado, and our cover is by Mark Silvestri, my wife's first boss in the comic book business. So from Top Cow. It is from Top Cow. It is so it's it's the who's who of artists and writers coming together to bring this beautifully illustrated book to help address this situation. I I I and I couldn't agree more. You're going to be in Texas on October 28th. At a convention, I believe. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna be in uh, I believe Houston. I'm not sure exactly where it is off the top of my head, but you can go to my Instagram and right. see exactly where that is. And and, and if people were, uh, and if any fans in Houston or people traveling a great distance to come meet you, uh, not only can they talk about the films, but they could talk about the last Spartan, the red tape, and learn more about this amazing book with a, a truly noble cause behind it. So yeah. I encourage. Yeah. And if people want to uh, check out where I'm going to be, I have it up on my websites, mainentertainment.com, M-A-N-E entertainment.com and tylermain.com. You can check out uh, where I'm going to be. Nice. Very cool. Yeah. I, I have to ask you, and uh, this is going to be a radical shift in gears, but I was wondering if, uh, as we're we're talking about uh, when we go to conventions and we we meet the great Tyler Maine and we talk about some of the amazing roles that you've played, and I was wondering if for a minute or two you wouldn't mind playing a quick game with me, in which I'm going to identify one of the great characters you've played, and ask you if that character wrestled, what professional wrestler would they like to fight in the squared circle? Oh, you got it. Okay, All right. let's go. Let's go. I, 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 let's start with, and we spoke about uh, Sabretooth in some length. So let, let's uh, X the, the uh, X-Men Sabretooth. How would, how would he do in the ring, and who would he want to fight? 
Oh man, he'd want to go after Chris Benoit. Oh. You know, the Wolverine. The rabid Wolverine <laughs> versus that's right. Uh, that would be a perfect match. And any kind of straight up old school, no holds barred kind of wrestling, any kind of gimmick. No, it'd just be a brawl. Just be a brawl. <laughs> uh and, you I know what? Actually, I used to actually travel with Chris quite a bit. Did you? Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, back up, in the w, up in, WCW days, yeah. Uh, back in the WCW days. Oh my! You you really interacted with some amazing uh, wrestling legends back in the day. Yeah, I I was in it at the right time. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I you had mentioned wrestling Andre in one of his last bouts. What what? I mean, what was that? I I, I have to know what was that like? What was that rest? That was so surreal, you know. Yeah. I'd been a fan of Andre since I was a little kid and just to be in the ring with Andre was fantastic. He was such a gentleman and a sweetheart and it was an honor, you know, he was, he was like, boss, is it okay if I pin you? I go, I would love it. You know, (laughs) (laughs) I have to ask, I have to ask, uh, after the show, did you go out with him? I mean, his 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 drinking is legendary. Yeah, it is. It is pretty legendary. I never got to go out and have a beer with Andre. I would have loved to, though. Yeah, yeah. It's probably best for your career that you didn't do that, because God knows if you tried to keep up with him, how where where you'd be, you know? Right. <laughs> right. Uh, all right. Second one, and this is one that I, I was a personal fan of. A lot of makeup. A lot of makeup. Black Star in Jupiter's Legacy. Oh. I, I mean, I, I got to tell you, I, 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 my wife and I were huge fans of the show. Thought it was genius. Really took a different take uh, on the superhero genre and presented it so well. It, it was gaining so much momentum. And when, when I found out it was canceled, very upset. Uh, I, I think a lot of people were looking for a boys or invincible style show and last uh, uh, jupiter's legacy was just not that and i think a lot of people i, I don't know that, that's my logic it had to come well, out a year or two prior i think it's still beyond yeah well we we were set to do five years but they the suits at netflix changed so they pulled yeah. the plug yeah so it's that that was a that was a suit issue Oh yeah, I mean, I, I, Netflix is like a graveyard now of it is. shows that you'll never watch because there's no completion to it. Uh, right. But with Black Star was amazing. I mean, the special effects, the, the the makeup. How long did that makeup take for Black Star? Wow, to to get it to look like Black Star took me three three and a half hours. Oh. To get on all that makeup, it was eight pieces of prosthetics on my face. And everything on my body was covered except for my lips. But that is by far my favorite, favorite character that I've played to date. Because as you know, seeing it, he's cocky and a badass, but yet he's got a soft side to him. But he's oh, yeah. no BS, you know? What a, and, it was such a great show. What a great character. If he could enter a wrestling ring, I mean, God knows who would stand up against Blackstar? But if he could fight someone in the wrestling ring, who who would you pit him against? Blackstar would take on all of them. 
everybody. Mm-hmm. And when? And he'd destroy them all. It's Black Star. Come on. He's Black Star. That's all. And if you haven't watched Jupiter's Legacy, anyone out there watch. Oh, so, so well done. What a beautiful show. Really is. Uh, let, let's go back in time, both uh, character-wise and literal, and talk about how would Ajax from Troy handle oh. the squared circle? I think Ajax would love to go after the Road Warriors. You know, oh. that would be a good one. That would be awesome. Back in the awesome. day, yep. Uh, back in the day, Road Warrior Prime. Back in the Road day, Road Warrior Prime. Yeah. Either that or the, even the Big Show. You know. Oh, nice. <laughs> uh, I mean, what I, what what is Paul White? I don't know his height offhand, but I. Is he six nine? I don't even know if he's that tall. Is he we're, that tall? We're we're pretty close. We're pretty yeah. close to the same size. Yeah. Uh, that's that would that would be a heck of a match. Ajax versus the Big Show versus Paul White. I'd love to see yeah. that. <laughs> and uh, the last one I'll trouble you with because I have to know uh, as an unbeatable force uh, we have Michael Myers. How would Michael Myers? Uh, who would he face in the wrestling ring? Who wouldn't he face? Mm. Let's see. Who? Uh, I think he'd take out Flair. Oh. Yeah. The cocky, arrogant Flair versus he, he'd go the after shape. The cocky one. You know? Michael Myers, as you know, would have nothing to say. And his <laughs> first time he got that whoop, it'd be gone. <laughs> <laughs> Is, is that, uh, I, I know, uh, as I mentioned, and, and if you go to the real Tyler Main and you see Tyler's social media accounts on Instagram and uh, you follow his website, you know that he frequents conventions. So, Tyler, when, when you go to these conventions, uh, it, it, what do people hit you with the most? What is, is there, are people requesting that they sign certain things uh, uh, from your filmography? What do people really resonate with the most in your opinion oh man it's it, it's everything but it's like the 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 halloweens with the michael mars and the saber tooth for sure and the the great thing about it is you know they may be coming for one and not realize that i was the other person or or all the characters that i have done right so they're like oh you were in joe dirt too or oh, you, you know i swear to goodness i was just about to say the same thing like oh yeah. like you were Ajax. Oh, you were in Joe Dirt. Oh my God. Yeah, you know. And then a lot of people that come up with their kids, they go, you know, my kid loved you in Playing with Fire. You know, with John mm-hmm. Cena. And yes, you know, and and the kids are like, yeah, you're Axe. So it's it's just great to interact. And I'm so lucky to have crossed so many different genres that uh, I pretty much have everybody covered. And you know, Axe from Playing with Fire was also that gentle giant and that was a lot of fun i remember taking my son to see that absolutely love that movie so uh you you do have quite an impressive filmography and i can't wait for these actor strikes to be over to see what you do next and what what films come out and i i uh but in in the interim uh people can reach out through your social media accounts can go to your website can go on october 28th and you'll find out more information about it as uh, Tyler's going to be visiting Houston, Texas for a convention. So it's great that people can 
contact you. Uh, I know I was blessed enough to reach out to you and you responded so politely and so kindly. And, uh, and here we are today as a result of that. So I wanted to personally thank you for taking the time to speak with me. And on another level, as a comic book fan, as a teacher, as someone who celebrates the comic book medium as a great way to reflect culture, uh, I applaud you and your team for The Last Spartan, The Red Tape, and really tackling this insurmountable issue of human trafficking and bringing awareness to it. Because I think through the book and through the awareness and through dealing with the police departments, the psychologists, and you are doing such an amazing job. And although there probably no way to truly measure it, uh, the number of lives that you are potentially saving with a book like this is is truly something worthy of celebration. So thank you very much for that. Oh, thank you so much. And, and thank you for having me on your show. I greatly appreciate it. No problem. It's my pleasure. Uh, guys, everybody, everybody watching at home, I never know how to do outros. I don't care. But listen, this is Tyler Mayne. I'm Tom Tormey. Next time, be well and stay safe, everybody. Now I got to figure out how to turn this off. <laughs>